It can be hard to see the challenges the people we work with are facing. Addressing these invisible struggles can make us and our companies healthier. Join Holly Robinson-Pete on The Visibility Gap, a new podcast presented by Cigna Healthcare. Last week, the White House issued a set of instructions that urged all Americans to help slow the spread of coronavirus. Those instructions included recommendations to avoid groups of more than 10 people, to not eat at restaurants, and to stay home as much as possible. The White House said these social distancing guidelines should be followed for at least 15 days. But about a week later, the president began to talk about backing away from those guidelines, even as cases were skyrocketing. The reason? To help the economy. America will again and soon be open for business. Uh, Very soon. A lot sooner than uh, three or four months that somebody was suggesting. Uh, A lot sooner. We cannot let the cure be worse than the problem itself. We're not going to let the cure be worse than the problem. Today on the show, how the U.S. is grappling with the trade-offs between protecting the economy and protecting public health. Welcome to The Journal, our show about money, business, and power. I'm Ryan Knudsen. It's Thursday, March 26th. Rebecca Ballhaus covers the White House. And she says that even before the outbreak, the economy has always been front of mind for President Trump. The economy, of course, has been one of the biggest things he's touted in his three years of presidency. It's been a really big part of his re-election campaign. Possibly his biggest selling point was the fact that he has this roaring economy and that so many people have work. But in the past month, a lot of that economic progress has vanished with the spread of the new coronavirus. The stock market has lost trillions of dollars in value, and more than three million people filed jobless claims last week, nearly five times the previous record. And as the economic picture gets worse, two factions have emerged within the White House about what to do. Because this isn't just an economic slowdown, it's a public health crisis. So on one side of the debate are Trump's public health advisors, whose first priority is to stop the spread of the virus. That's people like Debbie Burks, who we've seen in a lot of these briefings, Tony Fauci, who's also been in some of the briefings. And their main concern is making sure that we flatten the curve of the virus so that you don't have hospitals being even more overwhelmed than they are now. And on the other side of this debate are people in the administration who are worried about the economic effects of a prolonged shutdown. That's people like Larry Kudlow, the top White House economic advisor, Stephen Mnuchin, the Treasury Secretary, these are people who are worried that the longer you shut down the economy, the harder it is going to be to get back. And we spoke to the conservative economist, Stephen Moore, who said that he's been talking to the White House about the need to quickly reopen U.S. businesses. The phrase he used was that if we're in the situation we're in six weeks from now, the carnage to the economy will have cascaded to a great effect. No matter what the White House does, there will be major consequences for the economy and for public health. But the question is, can you keep social distancing measures in place long enough to fight the disease without keeping those measures in place so long that the economy suffers permanent damage as a result? 
And on that question, lately, President Trump seems to be more persuaded by his economic advisors. We appreciate you being here. This week, during his daily coronavirus press briefings, President Trump has started to float some proposals for how the U.S. could selectively put an end to social distancing, trying to present a combination of approaches that he says would protect public health while also reviving economic growth. This was a medical problem. We are not going to let it turn into a long-lasting financial problem. Started out as a... So we saw the president this week talk a little bit about, you know, you can't keep the entire country shut down indefinitely, but you could use more targeted measures, possibly making the guidelines restricted to places where there have been bad outbreaks of coronavirus, like New York. In New York, you have areas which are troubling, and we'll be working with the governor and the mayor and everybody else on those spots. And you could maybe target the social distancing guidelines to groups that are most vulnerable, like the elderly and those with underlying conditions. We're going to be taking care and watching very closely our senior citizens, especially those with a a problem or an illness. We're going to be watching them very, very closely. And we can do that and have an open economy, have an open country. So these seem to be some of the things that the administration is talking about. He keeps saying we can do both things at once. We can stem the spread of coronavirus and we can help the economy. What do health experts say about whether that sort of middle ground of stemming the virus and maintaining the economy, whether that's possible or feasible? I mean, what what we've seen from health experts is that they say that you need to keep people apart or the virus will spread. So I think having vulnerable groups stay home, but having the virus raging among the rest of the population, most health experts would not approve of that plan because what they have recommended is that you want to keep people apart and that actually stems the spread. This conversation and this trade-off that people are discussing seems almost unsavory. We're talking about two really bad options, letting, you know, the economy completely seize up or not doing anything and having so many people die. How can people even have this conversation and do it sensitively? That's a very good question. I I mean, I agree with you. I think it is unsavory in some ways. You're talking about, you know, how much money is worth it to let X many people get sick. I mean, you know, I don't know the answer to that question. And I don't think that this administration has figured it out either. And I think it's going to continue to be a problem for them. This difficult question isn't just a problem for the Trump administration. It's a brutal calculation that everyone from governors to small business owners are all trying to make. How long do I put my state on lockdown? Can my business even survive all this? These are questions that ultimately touch on both public health and economic health. Most public health experts are in unison that right now, business closures and strict social distancing are essential for fighting the pandemic. But some economists who are also looking at this have differing views about the right path forward. That's after the break. This episode is brought to you by Indeed. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging 
so you can connect with candidates faster. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash journal. Terms and conditions apply. This episode is brought to you by Charles Schwab. Decisions made in Washington can affect your portfolio every day. But what policy changes should investors be watching? Washington Wise is an original podcast for investors from Charles Schwab that unpacks the stories making news in Washington and how they may affect your finances and portfolio. Listen at schwab.com slash Washington Wise. Welcome back. Economists often view the world through dollars and cents. That's true even when it comes to putting a price on the coronavirus outbreak. Senior economics writer John Hilsenrath says this type of question isn't exactly uncharted territory for economists. The key issue that I think policymakers all over the country are wrestling with right now is what trade-offs do we have to make to deal with this virus? What are we prepared to sacrifice in terms of economic output and jobs and lost income in order to tame the virus? And it's a really, really complex question. This is kind of like the climate change debate compressed into days at a time. So in the climate change debate, on the one hand, there are these warnings that if we don't get climate change under control, if we don't tame the spread of carbon into the atmosphere, there are going to be a lot of very destructive social and human costs associated with people are going to die in flooding and natural disasters and dislocations. But on the other side of that, there's an economic cost to making the adjustments you have to make in order to emit less carbon into the atmosphere. This coronavirus situation is like that whole debate about climate change compressed into literally a few weeks' time. I've never seen anything like this. As economists look out at this situation that we're facing with whether to shut down the economy, essentially, for health reasons. What are the tools that they use to evaluate this particular question? So basically what economists do is they try to figure out, well, what's the benefit of some new regulation? You know, like take a seatbelt law, right? What benefit does society get for requiring that every car driver has to have a seatbelt in the car and attached? So there are costs to it, but what are the benefits? What you do is you look at the value of the lives that you're going to potentially save. So then you get the question, well, how do you measure the value of life? And what economists do is they create this value of a statistical life. This value of a statistical life comes from studying things like salaries in different industries. For example, how much more people get paid for a dangerous job. In some instances, economists are able to determine a specific dollar amount, how much each life saved is worth to a larger population, to help give guidance on what policy measures are worth it. But this type of analysis breaks down in an extreme situation like the coronavirus pandemic, because economists don't have a lot of the information you would normally need to make that kind of a calculation. We don't know the probabilities. We don't know how many people in the country are infected. And because we don't know how many people are infected, we don't know what the real death rates are. We don't know something called the R0, which is how aggressively the thing spreads, how likely it is 
to move from one person. You know, if I have the virus, what's the probability that I'm going to pass it on to one people mm-hmm. or two or three? We don't know those probabilities. So it sounds like the value of a statistical life may not actually be that helpful in this situation. Well, I mean, no, I think it is helpful because it kind of helps you start to frame the questions. I think it's a really important tool, but we have to understand that it's an incomplete tool. Even with incomplete knowledge, economists are still trying to answer the question of how long to keep restrictive measures in place. But economists recognize that both options, keeping the economy going or shutting it down to stop coronavirus, could have unintended consequences. For instance, if you keep the economy effectively shut down in order to save lives, that choice could have its own negative health effects. You know, in the last few years, uh, they've talked a lot in the economics community about this idea of deaths of despair. You had professors, Anne Case and Angus Deaton at Princeton, who found that as inequality has risen and working class life has gotten more unstable, there's been this upsurge in what they call deaths of despair. People struggling with things like drug addiction and depression, problems related to obesity, other health issues suicide rates increasing. These are the kinds of things that in an economic downturn get worse. And it's something you really have to consider being a risk in this environment. And for the opposite choice, to ease up on social distancing to try and get the economy back on track, some economists say that approach may not be much of an economic fix. So we see policymakers in places like New York and California who are shutting down entire states. Right. And we might say, well, there's a huge cost to that, shutting down commerce in a state. But we have to ask ourselves, how would people be behaving even if those states weren't being shut down? Would they still be going out to restaurants? Would they still be going to hotels or on airplanes? People would probably be self-isolating in those cases. John also points out that the advice of public health experts, which is primarily focused on stemming the spread of the disease, can also apply to the economy. You know, I think a lot of health experts would say that letting people go back to business as usual is an extremely dangerous policy because it's going to amplify the spread of the disease. It's going to increase the death toll. And there are going to be economic costs and consequences for that. And a lot of economists agree. On Wednesday, nearly three dozen prominent economists, including top officials in the Clinton, Bush, and Obama administrations, urged the U.S. government to do everything in its power to slow the spread of the virus, saying, quote, saving lives and saving the economy are not in conflict right now. Faced with imperfect options, leaders around the country are making very different decisions. Some governors and mayors are heeding the advice of public health experts and implementing shutdowns. Other states are taking a more hands-off approach. Even if the federal government kind of backs off on its guidelines to kind of shelter in place for 15 days, the nation is not getting back to business. Cities, mayors, states, governors have their own restrictions in place. And, you know, I don't think the president is in a position to tell them to lift them. Even if he can't force the entire country to get back to business, the president is still trying to forge a policy that will strike a balance 
and get at least some parts of the economy back up and running. I think what you see what the president is doing is, you know, in his very kind of public and exposed way, a demonstration of how policymakers all over the country, all over the world, from mayors to governors to national leaders, are wrestling with the challenge of managing these trade-offs. There are no easy answers. Now we have to make the tough choices. And there are going to be costs and consequences no matter what way we go. On Thursday afternoon, the White House said it will categorize counties across the country as high, medium, or low risk to help local officials decide on their own whether to boost or relax social distancing guidelines. That's all for today. Thursday, March 26th. The Journal is a co-production of Gimlet and The Wall Street Journal. Additional reporting for this story from Stephanie Armour and Michael Bender. Thanks for listening. See you tomorrow. Tomorrow.